This is Rob White, the Director of Operations at UDOT, and this is Beyond the Barrels. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 21. 21. 21. Thanks, Grant. Episode 21. This is Matt Allred. I am the uh, Internal Communications Manager here at UDOT. Next to me is my trusty sidekick, my motorcycle sidecar passenger, Grant Potter. Monkey with the symbols. Yeah. <laughs> Dance. Uh, Grant's here. He's my excellent producer. Puts all this together, makes us sound really good. And across the table from me, you just heard the intro from him, is none other than Rob White. How are you, Rob? Doing great. Glad you're here. Thank you for Good coming. to be here. It's always, uh, it, it's funny when I go through the building here, people see me coming and they run and jump, <laughs> hide behind their desks. And oh no, Matt's going to ask us to do something. Uh, you never have been that way with me. It's it's, oh, no. it's been pretty good. So I talked to, we kind of did an email chain and said, hey, we need to talk about this thing that's going on. Um, you are happy to do it. So absolutely. I appreciate it. So today we're going to talk about uh, the official title we use here at UDOT is the, is the Traffic Incident Management. Um, so we're going to talk about that in just a second. But before we jump into that with Rob, uh, Rob, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. What do you do here at the department? What does it mean to be the Director of Operations? Uh, how long have you been here? Just kind of give us some details there. I've been at UDOT about 23 years. Uh, I've been Director of Operations for a short almost three months now. Is that so. it? It seems like longer. <laughs> <laughs> I was over at Traffic Management Division before that as the director over there. Uh, great, great area. Uh, love the people over there. And, and I've really had a great career here at UDOT. Uh, the thing that uh, keeps me coming back, I guess, is the people and the great relationships we've developed over the years and, and just the, the effort and the, the heart and soul people put into their work here at UDOT. I, I've loved working at UDOT. Uh, we've had our ups and downs, obviously, like any any career, but uh, overall, I look back and it's it's been great, and I look forward to uh, what we can accomplish in the future. It's just a great organization. That's awesome. Favorite moment? You talked about the people, but is there something that stands out? An incident or a, a thing that stands? There's out a project you? that really stands out to me, and and it's uh, a project I worked on when I was over at Region Two in construction, uh, and uh, we it was the uh, I-80 rebuilt and with the bridge farm and the and putting those bridges up on on wheels and moving them out and putting them in place uh that was just an amazing project and to think that we could do that in in something that had never been done before it was pretty cool to see uh it was fun to for the for the folks out there uh the hard work they put in and everything so uh just a great project so that I remember that project. I live in I live on the east side of the valley. Uh, use I eighty a bunch, um, and remember that was that was uh, was a big deal. How many bridges did we do in that one? I believe we did uh, thirteen bridges. And and these ABCs is that what they're called? Yeah, accelerated bridge construction. So we build it on the side of the road, put it on wheels, move yeah. it into place. Yeah, remember we had the bridge farm there at Thirteenth mm -hmm. East in in the kind of the where the on ramp is and off ramp right there. And that's where we built them all. And then we drove them into place. And the cool thing was that we we couldn't drive the farthest one in place until we had the the first one. And then so they went in succession. And so uh we were, you know, if, if one of if one of them had a problem, we couldn't move the other ones in place till we fixed that. And so it was uh, a fairly high risk uh, endeavor, 
but we had a great contractor uh, out there. We had great people working, very experienced people. Uh, Mark Ellington was kind of the, the head guy out there as far as inspectors. John Montoya was the project manager. Um, and uh, it was just it was just a lot of fun. We got a lot of press. The governor came out and drove the bridges one day and uh, kind of a, a, just a cool thing for for the for the for the folks there. Uh, we had a whole series of permanent sidewalk inspectors that would come out every day, some old older retired uh, folks and would bring their lawn chairs out and and and, and that that would be their... you actually called them sidewalk inspectors. Yes, they're sidewalk <laughs> inspectors. That's what we call them in construction. And uh, so that was a lot of fun. That 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 made their day. They'd sit out there all day long and watch what was going That's on. That's awesome. So it's funny. The more I'm it, the more I'm here at UDOT, or the longer I'm here at UDOT, you learn these little secrets that happen when we do these these projects. And um, this is where the Don dish soap comes into play. Yes, is that right. So I don't know if anybody knows, we did, and we did something about this a couple of years ago, but Dawn dish soap is used to kind of get the final push of these bridges into place, but it's not just any Dawn dish soap. Did you know this? I don't think I did. So I guess on one of these bridge moves, the contractor uh, had sent somebody out to get a couple cases of Dawn dish soap so that they could, I guess they, they pushed, they put Dawn dish soap between the, the bridge and the sliders that they're on and it creates less friction. Right. And this new intern or this new construction guy came back with cases of green Dawn dish soap. And the project manager sent him back and they said, no, we only use blue. And I guess the blue Dawn dish soap works better when we're doing a bridge slide. So there you go. Who knew? I thought this was going to be like a, like a blinker fluid thing. You yeah. know, like you send the new guy <laughs> no, out no, to no, get no, blinker no. fluid. No, no, actually no, no, use Dawn dish soap. Actual, actual Dawn dish soap. And I, we did a video about it a couple of years ago or had a bridge slide and, and one of the pieces of the video flashed this blue Dawn dish soap and yeah. we ended up tweeting it out and Dawn responded to it. I thought that was kind of funny. It's also environmentally safe. And yes. we can clean ducks with it. I've seen that on the commercials. <laughs> well, because it's Great. environmentally safe. Exactly. Um, Tell me about your life outside of UDI. Well, I'm married, have five kids. Uh, all but one of them are out of the house. I've got a, a daughter in New York working as a professional photographer. Wow. Um, got a, another daughter that's graduated college and is now a, a, a web design developer, designer. Uh, does great. And then I have uh, two other kids in, in college and one in high school still. Counting the days? Um, it's kind of weird, uh, after you've been involved with kids and their activities for so many years and you look back and it's for, for my wife and I, it's been 15 years, uh, or more obviously. Um, but it's kind of, you wonder what, what, what's life going to be like after the kids are gone. Are we still going to talk to each other? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause we've been so involved in what they're doing and now it's turning to more, okay, what are we going to do? So my wife's gone back to school and is getting her degree. Very cool. And, uh, she's been working on that for the last year or so. And, uh, she wants to go into web development like my daughter and my daughter's kind of coaching her along there. So it's awesome. So Good. I enjoy running. Um, in fact, I have a half marathon this weekend in Moab and, uh, that's something I do to keep myself in shape mentally and physically. And I, not something that I would have ever thought I would do 20 years ago, but uh, I really enjoy it. So, well, we're glad you're here. Glad you're part of the UDOT team. And it's, it's been fun as you've transitioned into these last two roles. Uh, I get to work with you closer and, and get to work with our communications team. And so we're happy. We're happy that you're here. Thank you. All right. Traffic incident management. What is it? 
Well, I, I think one of the things we got are kind of the reasons why we're, we're looking at this and why we think it's such an important thing is half about half of the congestion that we see nationwide is what we call non-recurring. So, you know, it's not everyday congestion. It's not just, hey, we're, we're stuck in traffic because there's not there's more cars than are coming through the lanes. It's there's an incident or something that's happened out on the road. Now, some of that is construction, obviously, but about half of, of the half. So a quarter of, of construction of non-recurring congestion is because of incidents, crashes, uh, uh, other events along the highway that cause problems. And so there's a couple of things we got to take into account. One of them is for, that for every minute that a delay is happening or a crash is on the road, lanes are blocked, it causes four minutes of additional congestion. Wow. Uh, this has been this has been studied by Federal Highways, and it's kind of an an an, an accepted uh, national uh, kind of a criteria. The second one is that the likelihood of secondary and crashes increases by two point eight percent for every minute that the primary incident remains in place. So, traffic incident management, in a nutshell, is get it cleared off safely and fast because of the, the issues with congestion. That, that's, those are delays that people experience and, and we, wanna, we wanna minimize those. And also it's a safety issue. We wanna make sure that uh, there's not any additional crashes that are caused by the initial incident. So this is, uh, a couple of years ago, we, we put up signs, at least here in the Salt Lake Valley, that says fender bender, pull off at the next right. exit, right? And that's part of this, right? Because Correct. if that fender bender sits in the right lane, yeah, for a half hour, we're looking at, two hours of delay, possibly because of this one little quick fender bender. So fender bender, everybody's okay. Get off the freeway completely. Right. So, yeah. So that's the general idea is getting, getting it moved off as quickly as possible. And uh, there's a couple of things that uh, uh, we need to look at with that is we, we obviously, we can't predict where these incidents are going to occur, but what we want to do is identify them quickly. And we've got a couple different ways to do that. Um, uh, we obviously have our cameras uh, at the TOC, but the cameras, we have 1,800 cameras throughout the state, a little bit more than that, actually. It, it fluctuates from time to time. We, we add more, we take some off, but that we, we've only got a few operators looking at those full time. And so we can't see every incident that happens. Uh, we sometimes rely on our UHP, uh, our dispatch, people calling in. Those are ways that we can identify those in incidents quickly. And then the second thing is getting responders, getting response to that incident to be able to clear it. We have our incident management team uh, throughout the state that we we have mostly most of them are here along the Wasatch Front, but we do have uh, we do have we've spread recently, and we now have more of those incident managers throughout the state. We have 25 units right now. Our highway patrol loves those guys because they they call them out all the time because they can get out there and they can take care of incidents like this. Um, and I think one of the keys to the incident management is that these are actively managed, that we have a plan in place. Uh, we have these guys that can respond and work with first responders. They work with fire. They work with highway patrol. They work with ambulance to make sure that we are getting that incident taken care of as quickly as possible. Um, and, and when we talk about these, this incident management team, these are the big white trucks that we see. They've got a, a light board on the back, right? Correct. Um, we often see them out helping change tires or, or filling gas tanks or putting some gas in, in people's cars. And again, a flat tire on the side of the road, we're going to consider an incident, Correct. right? So, so there's delay and backup that happens there. So these guys are all around, uh, mainly in region two, Salt Lake County. 
The majority um, of them are yes in Region Two, but they, we we have we have uh, incident management responders in Region One and Three as well, and and we've recently had one hired in Region Four full time. So we if if you're here in Salt Lake County, we we do we see them a lot. We see them working their butts off and and freeway closures from from flat tires to freeway closures. I mean these these guys are everywhere. Absolutely. So, uh, in fact, we went out and and talked to Ben Kelly. Ben is one of our. <laughs> I love Ben. Ben's a good, good dude, but he is the IMT lead uh, for region two. And we went out and talked to him and, and, uh, and talked a little bit about what his role is and, and kind of what he wants the public to think about while they're on the roads. So listen to Ben here. Our role out here, uh, the biggest role is we, we keep Utah moving, right? We keep the roads flowing. We keep everyone going where they need to go safely. Um, we work with many agencies. Highway Patrol is the main one. We spend majority of time on the freeway. We do work with locals, local agencies on, on secondary roads, um, along with the UDOT maintenance sheds. I mean, we, we work with every entity that's out there. Fire, other first responders, everyone's out there. Tow truck drivers. We're just trying to keep everyone safe while we're out there and keep it moving. The uh, big thing is we're, we're there for them. We are a helpful entity out there. Um, please uh i mean be happy to see us right we're there we're there to help them and make them safe and and please move over for not only us for for everyone out there parked on the side of the road you don't know how fast it is until that car passes you're doing 70 plus that, that you can really tell so main thing is, is please move over so ben really does ben does a good job um he's what i like about ben is ben to me every time i've i've seen ben or interacted with ben he's smiling and oh yeah um and most of our imt guys are that way it seems like we hire a certain personality for that that role it's definitely the case i, I know we've over the years we've had a lot of different folks come in and out of imt and and it's definitely a personality it's somebody that really desires to help others they, those guys love that. They love that. That's why they stick with the job. And, and the, the folks we have in there, that's they're they're, ex, they're excellent at that. I, I got to do a ride along, and I don't know if you've had that opportunity, but years ago when the program first started, I did a ride along, and from there to 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 what they do now, it's pretty it's pretty it, it's a lot different than it was back then. Currently, when I, I did a three hour ride along with these guys, and uh, we did um, in that three hours, we pulled two cars out of traffic. They have a uh, little, what we call stingers on the back of their IMT vehicles that can hook onto a car and get it off the road. Uh, it's the car has been disabled for whatever reason, you know, it's, it's crashed essentially. And, and so getting it off the road is, is, and they're there before the tow trucks. And so they can pull it off to the side. And then when the tow truck comes, they can haul it to the, to the yard. But like I said, every minute that it's out there, if we can get it done a a minute quicker, that's four minutes of backup for, for the folks that are they're traveling that freeway. So, and, and I think the technology that they have in their trucks, the ability to move people over, traffic control, making sure that people are merging safely, those are important things. But I think probably as important or more important is the relationships they developed with, with police, with fire, with, with uh, ambulance. And, and the reason that's the case is a lot of times those uh, those highway patrolmen they're they're the incident scene commanders they're they're there and if there's a fatality they're going to have to do an accident investigation they're going to have to fly it and sometimes that can take it has taken in the past hours um, that's tough on mobility when when we have traffic backed up and and we're we're out there doing a scene investigation those things are critical in making sure that that is done correctly is an important part of what highway patrol and local police do. 
but having the relationship to be able to work with them and uh, come up with quicker ways to do that. Recently, for example, uh, we have uh, looked at the use of drones to be able to fly the incident scene and to do their investigation rather than doing ground-based survey, uh, which we feel will, will, will reduce that time that they need for their accident investigation. So those relationships pay off in a lot of ways. And I think Utah is known for collaboration and working together and our incident management team is no different. In fact, uh, recently in the last legislative session, the legislature approved us to get to basically double the size of our incident management team because of the great service uh, that they do out on the road. And I think Highway Patrol was very much in favor of that and uh, and uh, supported supported that and, and it got approved. And so I, I think that's that's an idea of why it's why those incident management folks and our responders on the ground are so important. Well, and I, I, I agree. It's on the road. I really see them as an extension of what the highway patrol does. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think about how, how much workload they take off of our highway patrolmen that, that I have seen in the past changing tires and, and, and those little things. And so it's good that our guys are out there, that they're part of that, that that relationship is there and that we're trusted enough to, 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 to take care of stuff for them. And, uh, in fact, we, uh, there was a, an incident where, um, one of our IMT guys was helping, uh, UHP. This is a couple of years ago. Somebody, uh, was having a hard day and was, uh, ready to, to jump onto the freeway from a bridge. Um, and UHP was there and one of our IMT guys came up and had the tools in his truck to, uh, to cut through the fence and, and talk to this guy and, and actually actually get this guy off the bridge, which was great. And that was something that UHP didn't have. Uh, and, and so for us to, to be an extension of that and to have those relationships and to have UHP look back and, and trust us in those situations, I think is, is a great credit to, to the hard work that our guys have yeah. on the road. They're called, Highway Patrol calls them tango units because that's their call signs on the radios. And so a lot of times in instance, that's the first thing you hear over the radio. Can we get a tango unit here? And they're in high demand when there's a lot going on, on in, during rush hours. And so I, they've really become part of the team. And I think Highway Patrol sees them with trust and, and, and relies on them to come out and, and take some of that burden off. Highway Patrol has limited resources, as, like, like all of us do. And so I think this is a great way to improve the situation out on the road. Kudos to them. Very yep. cool. Does our frequency of, or does the amount of drivers, the number of drivers that we have, do, do we push them out there during rush hour? Are they more prevalent during rush hours? Yes, we have a lot more coverage during during the morning and the evening rush hours. So we make sure that we, again, the more incidents we can respond to, the the better we're, the better service we're going to give overall, and the less congestion that our that our folks, that our motorists that are traveling throughout our throughout our urban areas, and and even sometimes in the rural areas, we can get them off quicker. So the IMT guys, um, those trucks are just, they're just one part of this traffic incident management. Correct. Right? Um, Carlos in uh, a year ago when he did his top 10 list, uh, talked about having full situational awareness. And uh, let's pull that clip in right now. We will be the first DOT in the country to have real time, full situational awareness of our transportation system. We're going to know what's going on everywhere at all times. Think about if we can do that, how well we're going to be able to respond to incidents that are on the roadway, 
We're going to know if a traffic signal is getting cars through on the first phase or not, not every single time. We're going to know. We're going to know when a plow needs to be over here or over there. We're going to be able to make sure that we provide to the Transportation Commission the best information possible for them to make programming decisions for our projects. We will be the first DOT in the country to do that. So, Rob, what is what does it mean to have full situational awareness? What does that mean when Carlos talks about that? As I mentioned before, uh, to be able to to respond and to manage incidents, we need to know that they're happening. Full situational awareness, in a good definition of that, is just knowing what's going on at all in all parts of your uh, transportation system. Um, so whether that be in Moab, whether that be here in Salt Lake Valley, whether it be in up in in Brigham City or Ogden. The, we need to have we need to have a good idea of what's going on with our system with our construction projects we've tried for many years to to have a you know up to date information that we can give to the public that tells it hey there's a lane closed here a shoulder closed here and that's that's part of full situational awareness with incidents that happen obviously you know it's not something that's planned and so we've got to be a little bit more aggressive on how we how we get full situational awareness uh, a couple things, uh, obviously hiring more IMTs that are out there on the road, traveling the road, especially during rush hours, you're going to get better full situational awareness. But I also think there are, are technology advancements that we can use that are going to help us in the future. Uh, we're, we're currently looking at some technology that involves um, a, a, a software system that can scan all of our cameras and determine uh, through machine learning, artificial intelligence, whether there's a problem or not with our system. Hey, this is unusual. This is different than normal and can 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 alert an operator to say, hey, you might want to look at this particular camera. There's a problem there. Well, and you, yeah, you mentioned we only have a couple operators that are they're watching these cameras. And if we've got 1800 active cameras, you know, they can't see them all at, at, at one time. So. Yeah, that's correct. And so so what we're looking is is for something to help help that situation and, and to, to be able to help us to first identify these, these incidents much quicker than, than we're, we're doing it now. Well, when I look at, I, we, we have so much data that we collect here. And I, I've said this a couple of times is uh, the future of UDOT to me is data. We, we're going to have so much data on what our, what, what our roads are doing, what our users are doing, how fast cars are driving. Uh, all of that is, is just stuff that we're collecting. And, and I look at, we've got historical data on construction projects and what happens when we close a lane at this time with mm -hmm. this, um, uh, you know, with this capacity on the road. And, and, and so for, for me, that's part of this full situational awareness is if I do this at two o'clock, is that going to be different than if I do it at three 30? Um, and again, there's times where we just can't, we just can't help it. Right. We don't know when a crash right. is going to happen. Right. We don't know that a tanker is going to spill and burn 14 panels of concrete on I-15. Like we just don't know those things. And so we have to be reactionary to that. But it's also how do we plan? How do we look forward and say, OK, we understand what impact this is going to have at this time. How do we work around that? Yeah. And we've got we've got a lot of data. And in the last few years, we've purchased the HERE data to help us analyze and look at what traffic is doing throughout the entire state. We've always had sensors in the urban areas and, and on the freeways, but but the, the HERE data helps us to be able to analyze things like that and predict, hey, if we close a lane here for this reason, this is what's going to happen. So we try to minimize those and plan construction or those things around that. But when there's an incident that happens, you, you just got to kind of go, you, you go with the flow. Yep. You just yeah. got to react. And well, and, and, and we can see that, yeah, there's sensors here in the, in the Salt Lake Valley. I mean, it's, it's where most of the traffic is, is, is here along the Wasatch front. Um, but this isn't just a 
a TLC thing or a complex thing. I mean, this is this is statewide. What are our regions? What are our regions doing uh, when to, to add to this? Well, I think we've talked a lot about our incident management team, but I think most geographically, most of the state, we we don't have coverage. Uh, but it's our maintenance folks, specifically in the rural areas, that are a lot of times the first responders to these incidents. And because if if it's a if it's a delay in in Moab or in, in somewhere in Kane County, it, to the people that are stuck in that, it, it's the same. It's they're delayed, and our our maintenance folks are typically the first responders out there. They're the front line there, exactly. Yeah. And so they're, uh, they have the same role in those areas as our incident management teams do here in, here in the urban areas. And, and in the urban areas, the maintenance people also play a great role in getting things cleaned up and making sure things are safe for the traveling public. Also, our regions do in engineering support. The tanker fire that you mentioned earlier, uh, they've got to go out there and look and see if the, if the pavements or bridges or whatever might have been damaged by the incident is actually safe for folks to travel on. And so that's a, those are all critical parts of working together to minimize the time that those incidents are, are, are blocking traffic out on the road. When I think about uh, Region 4, we had, we had the road, or the, we had the slide uh, a couple of years ago, the, the mountain slide down in Region 4. And, and there were times where that road was one direction for 20 minutes at a time to allow traffic to get through. And 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 those are our maintenance guys. There's there's no traffic incident management team down there. It's no. it's our maintenance guys that are expected to to understand how that works. And and again, to put on a smile and say, hey guys, we're going to be with you in a second. You're going to get through this. And and it's a tough job. And I've I've heard stories of our guys pulling up on accidents and having to to help people get out of their vehicles. And 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 so it's a lot more than just saying, hey. We're going to direct traffic. We're going to get this car off the side of the road. Like these guys are, are heroes in a lot of aspects. You're you're absolutely correct. And I've been involved with maintenance over a good part of my career, and and I understand what they face day to day. They're they're working nights. They're working weekends. They're out there. They get calls in the middle of the night to come and help clean the stuff up. Um, hey, there's a there's a mattress out on on I-15. Can you come out and grab it? And somebody has to do it. Somebody has to do it. And, and so the, they're you're absolutely right. They're the front lines, and and they're the face. Uh, of UDOT to the public. Well, and I, it, this is, this is a little off top. Well, it, it's still traffic incident management. It's still traffic management. This is a, a good story. We put up on the employee website last week. Uh, there was an incident where there was a sick boy up at Brian head down near Cedar city. Did you hear about this? Last I week? haven't heard about it. So sick boy Canyon was closed. Um, there was enough snow that they'd closed the Canyon and the ambulance couldn't get up to get this little boy. So they contacted um, our one of our drivers, one of our plow drivers, and he shepherded the ambulance all the way up the canyon, picked up the little boy, shepherded him back down the canyon, plowing the whole way so that this this ambulance could get up and and back. And and I and I think of that incident. And this happens all the time, right? And and especially in our rural areas, it's it's one thing if it's if it's here in the urban area and we've got this huge workforce, you know, these, these trucks that are always on the road, this is somebody that, that had to leave their house at two o'clock in the morning, uh, for somebody else, which I thought was pretty cool. And the, and the cool thing is, and, and like I mentioned before in my intro, uh, the reason I love working for UDOT is they're happy to do it. They will do it in a heart. They'll drop everything and, and come out and, and, like you say, they they're very positive about their work and they're they're willing to to jump in and help wherever they can. 
the other thing I failed to mention, maybe I didn't, didn't bring up, a lot of times we think of this as incidents. Road weather is also another incident that can cause a lot of congestion. Any of us who sat in the traffic uh, yesterday. Anywhere, anytime in the past month. <laughs> exactly. Understands that, that that's also an important part. So our maintenance folks play a vital role to getting our roads cleared so that we can uh, we can return traffic to normal. Uh, and obviously the weather is something that we we can somewhat predict and we have weather forecasters here at UDOT, but that is also another key. That's part of that congestion that happens. Uh, and anytime you have congestion, anytime you have slowdowns, there's, there's a, there's a greater possibility or greater risk for, for incidents and accidents. So. Um, you talked a couple minutes ago about hair data. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it's a brand. I mean, it right. sounds funny for us to say here data. It, it, it's a brand of data that we that we purchase. It's road data. Um, but that starts to get me thinking about the future of what incident management looks like, right? What it, it, the more data we have, what does what does the future look like? What is this going to look like in five years and ten years? And and especially as we think about um, more autonomous vehicles being on the road, what does this look like? Well, I think it, you know there's a proliferation of of data that's going to be coming our way. I think more than we have now. We've known for years that companies like OnStar can notify somebody if your airbag goes off. Um, think of that on steroids of cars that have all sorts of information that they collect and transmit. Are your wipers turned on, uh, for example? Are your um, uh, is your are your anti like anti like brakes being being actuated, those types of things. And that's, that's data that can help us determine what's going on out on the road. Um, and there's going to be so much of this data that's coming with, with the more, more vehicles that have more data that the key to this, I, I think it's a great opportunity for it, but, but the key to this is to make sense of it. And like I mentioned earlier with the computer learning and the artificial intelligence, we're going to need to be able to make sense of it for uh, and, and take some action. But I think there's a great opportunity for us to, to be more situationally aware of what's going on out there. Hey, there's several cars in this particular area that have uh, turned on their wipers. Okay, we've got rain coming or the brake, their brakes a bit, or we do have airbags that have been deployed. There's been an incident here. That's that information is great information if we can uh, get that to the right people. If we can harness it exactly. and actually use it. Well, the thing that I I remember talking to Blaine Leonard, who is is over our autonomous vehicle uh, data and information. But Blaine was talking about the, the ideal situation is as these um, the, these wheels start to slip, and the car's sensor says, "Okay, we've got slippage here." That it trans that it, that puts it up to the cloud, and then our system's able to then change the VMS sign that's above the freeway to say the slippery roads slippery ahead. roads ahead, and right. just have this happen automatically where it doesn't take an operator saying, "Oh, hey, something's going on here," but the system will actually recognize what's happening or recognize, "Hey, wipers are going on or airbags are off or whatever it is," and and actually make the action happen. Uh, so that happens quicker, saves lives. I mean, really, the 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 goal here is safety. How do we save lives? It is, it is safety, and, and in both senses, getting information to the travelers directly, and then also to a, if for incidents, getting that information to those responders that can come out. One of the things that we've done recently is uh, we've gone out with a contractor, a RFP, and and Panasonic uh, company that's in a lot of cars and gets data from a, makes makes a lot of uh, units for the cars. We've recently hired them. And one of their roles is going to be to help us make sense of that data. How do we 
how do we how do we develop software to be able to talk back to the cars? How do we develop software to help us to uh, make sense of all that data and put it in a usable format for uh, ourselves as a, as a Department of Transportation or for vehicles that are traveling along the roadway? Well, even for our vehicles, one of the things that I, I think about is is we've got these sensors on our snow plows that tell us where our plows are, mm-hmm. how fast they're going. Uh, one of the sensors there is, are their tires slipping? And and we can see if their tires are slipping, but how great for the for that data to come back to the system and the system say, okay, we need more rock salt or we need more salt on the road. And it automatically updates the software and the or the the command in the truck so that more salt is being put down because it can sense that the wheels are are slipping. It's it's amazing stuff. And and I know it's there and I know it's really close. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Panasonic and how we're able to use that to to better. Uh, not only the safety on the road, but the safety of our fleet too, and how how effective our our fleet is at at keeping those incidents off the road. Yeah, I think big data is going to be something that that you know if if we if we use it correctly will will cause will will give us great improvement in our incident incident response and just overall safety of the roads. Well, Rob, thank you for being here today. Oh, you're welcome. Appreciate the couple minutes and uh, and hope this is educational and 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 helpful to our employees, uh, just to understand really what, what traffic incident looks like, uh, incident management looks like here uh, at the department and really um, what we can do. And, and, and is there anything our employees can do to, to help in this? Absolutely. I, I think one of the things that any employee can do, if they see an incident along the road, report that as soon as possible. Um, I, I think for the reasons I mentioned earlier, uh, it's it's so critical to get that get that reported quickly. And the other thing I'd just like to do is thank these guys, thank these 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 men and women that are out there working uh, to to clear these incidents throughout the state. Uh, like I said earlier, they they come out at odd hours. They're they get called out in the middle of the night, and uh, just I I just like to say thank you to them and appreciate their work and and all the good that they do for the for the citizens of Utah. Yeah, they really, they really do work their butts off, and uh, and we appreciate them. They, uh, they're a valuable part of our UDOT team, and and they make us look good. Yes, they do. So, uh, well, and I'll just let uh, our employees know uh, there is you can always call the TOC, right? And, and I think we understand the difference between what's an emergency and what's not an emergency, right? And, right. and obviously, if there's an emergency on the road, we dial nine one one. That's just correct. That's going to get the fastest response. But um, if there's something else, I I remember a couple. Was maybe six months ago, as I'm driving to work, there's a tarp blowing across 215, and uh, I call the I, I call the TOC control room enough, and and I know a lot of the operators over there that I remember calling, and um, somebody picked up, and I said, "Hey, uh, it's Matt," and they're like, "Oh, hey, Matt," and I said, "So I'm driving to to the complex here on 215," and she said. Is there a tarp? <laughs> I said, "Yep, it's a tarp." <laughs> so they had already seen it on camera, and 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 it's good. Maybe somebody hadn't called before I had, uh, and they didn't know about the tarp. But in this situation, they did. Uh, but I'm always glad that I call, right? And I've, right. I've uh, we need to know they they can send dispatch out to look at something that looks different or or funky. And it doesn't matter what time they're there, 24 hours a day. Yeah, and dispatch is right upstairs from the control room. And so if there is a concern, do should should I call the TOC control room or should I call 911? If there's a question, call 911. Um, I you know if there's a ladder on the road or something, some you know you need that that 
that could be a safety issue that you know somebody could hit that and so if that's re the quicker that's reported the the less chance there is of somebody uh getting injured because injured. of that yep so i'm going to ask everybody to do something here if you are not driving um you're at your desk or you're at home i want you to get out your phone and you're going to put this number in your phone okay um this is the number to the toc control room and it's just good to have in your phone in your phone book use siri or whoever to just dial it automatically while you're driving the uh, the number to the toc control room is 801-887-3700 so 887-3700 and and use that um there are friendly operators standing by. So yes, and that's staff 24-7. 24-7. So call them if you see anything. We can, as in, as UDOT employees, we can be part of the solution. Absolutely. Again, thanks, Rob. We appreciate you being here. Happy um, to do it. Everybody be safe out there. Buckle up. Put your seatbelts on. I guess those are the same things, buckling up and putting your seatbelts on. You might put your, <clears throat> put your cell phone down. That's what I did mean. Okay, so should we just try this again? All right. Hey, everybody. <laughs> put your cell phones down. Uh, buckle up. Be safe out there. Pantomiming here. You keep Utah moving. <laughs> you do keep Utah moving. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.